welcome to another edition of the What's Up podcast. We are so fortunate today in our studio on East Avenue to have Marissa Castillo, who is playing Tanya in the Theater Squared production of Native Gardens, and Tanya Orellana, Orellana, who is the scenic designer for this beautiful show that clearly has gardens. Laura Hightower is here to talk with him. I'm going to try to shut up, but you know how that goes. Well, we never want you to shut up, Becca. Come on. You're, you add a lot to these conversations. Um, so I uh, have already had a conversation with Marissa, and I've warned her that we're going to be talking about some of the yeah. same things uh, that we talked about before. But um, Native Gardens uh, is a four-person play uh, about what happens when new neighbors move on to a very established street in, is it Arlington? It's in uh, Washington. In Washington. In D.C. Okay, in D.C. Yes. In D.C. proper. So um, you and I talked a little bit about, uh, and we don't want to give too much away, obviously, so I'm going to leave it up to you to tell us a little bit more about the play. Um, we talked a little bit about how even though there are some uh, struggles with these four people, that you thought that they were um, all really, really good people. And uh, one of the reviews I read about it called it uh, a really optimistic look on what's going on within our own country today. So can you talk a little bit about that? I would definitely say so. They all have good intentions and... They all have their own charm. Uh, I think all the characters are listed as charming people in the uh, beginning of the play. And so they all have good intentions and they all just want to get along in the beginning. Uh, They want to get to know their new neighbors. You have the older couple who's very excited about a younger couple moving in and starting a family there because the whole neighborhood is kind of aging out. And so the fact that there's going to be new life next door is very exciting. Um, And it just happens that there is a problem. (laughs) They find out uh, pretty soon that the young couple's yard is supposed to be bigger than they originally thought. And there's a fence there and they need to move it. Well, the older couple next door has a beautiful garden and they're entering into a garden competition that at the end of that week. And so it's important that they kind of navigate how to do this little dance of figuring out where to put this fence without stepping on too many toes. Although some toes are definitely stepped on. There are some yelps. But somehow I think um, they still manage to have really important conversations through it, even if sometimes they can get a little rowdy. And we talked about how, um, especially right now in our in, in our current political worldview, the the, the um, subject of borders and and where those borders should be is is sort of very pertinent. So it kind of puts it on its head a little bit. Um, I think. One of the lines that the um, older couple says, or an older white couple says, is um, they have papers, do we? And like in this political climate, those words mean something way different uh, than what they mean in the play. You know, their plan says that their yard goes so far. Um, and so that, that just that one line kind of brings it into this political uh, climate they have papers, do we? Um, and it's such a clever, she's so clever in putting all of this stuff in the writing without it being overly preachy, without it being overly political. And it really is about the garden. And um, they both have love for the land that they live on. And uh, that's kind of the 
the big struggle. And she's so smart. She's so smart. It's written so well and to where um, you can still laugh at some things that are uncomfortable. You can get uncomfortable, but it's still... Their work, they work through it, and as an audience member, you can kind of work through it with them. Very One of the smart. reviews I read said that someone came came up to the actress playing your role after a show and said, it was so great to see myself on stage. Mm -hmm. Is it a rare opportunity still to get to be a Latina actress? Yes. I know I'm supposed to say actor, I'm old. I, yes. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting because um, I'm living currently in uh, Houston, Texas. Um, and for me to come to Arkansas to do a Latinx show written by a Latina, directed by a Latina, with a production team that is Latinx is, is a really big deal. I think um, sometimes you find some of those elements, but not the whole picture, like here at Theater Squared. And it's really exciting to be able to know that this story is being told by people who live it, because that doesn't happen very often. There's just a study that came out about um, how the majority of plays written by people of color are not directed mm. by a person of color. Um, and it's unfortunate, but um, I'm lucky enough to be a part of this production that's directed by Rebecca Rivas, and she has that um, life experience to be able to guide us through this play. Um, and I just, it's not very often that I get to play a Latina character, mm. um, and it's fun, and it's, I'm really enjoying it. Do you feel like for those of us who are so stinking white bread that <laughs> there's something we can learn just by walking through this with you? I think the biggest thing is empathy. Um, I think right now there's a lot of negative things being said about uh, the Latinx community and I think the biggest way to fight that is with empathy. Showing more of these characters, showing their struggle, showing their heart, um, showing that there there are many that are great people and they have great intentions, um, and you can't just lump us all into one category, um, just like any other race or ethnicity. You can't lump everybody in one category. And I'm smiling at you because I'm thinking, from my perspective on the world, that's what the older couple is. Mm -hmm. is I was going to say the brilliance yeah. of the script is that your your new neighbor or your neighbors, your established neighbors, are the stand-in. For those of us who think we may be progressive or we may, you know, be where we're supposed to be to be these sort of, you know, supportive people, but it challenges those biases that we might have that we don't realize that we have. Oh, so. definitely. They say some things that are, they're innocent. <laughs> they don't know that what they're saying is something that is problematic and um, not everybody knows everything. I get things wrong sometimes and I know that. And... I think it's important. The important part of it is that you listen and you learn from it. Um, if you're willing to do that, then you're already in a better place than people who just want to shut it out and not talk about it. Well, and that's where some of the funniest parts of the show come from. The, the I sat in for maybe 20 minutes and I embarrassed myself for laughing so hard because <laughs> of some of the comments that were being made. And it's it, it is that sort of uncomfortable. I can't believe they just said that, but hilarious too. So, but if you flip it on its ear too, we don't want to stereotype. The older people, because there, I was listening to what you were saying, going, "Oh, and some of them are okay, and they mostly have good intentions." Yeah. So there's a double. There yeah, is. There's a there double lesson here. Is I think people have their own expectations of what an old white couple would be like. 
right? <laughs> you can already get a picture in your head of how they talk and the way they present themselves to society. But something lovely she does, the the playwright, is the, the wife is a defense contractor. Yes. So she yeah. is obviously deliberately sort of saying up front, look, these aren't the people that you think they are right. just yeah. when you walk, see them walk out on stage. Because so. she's a woman working in a man's world. That's right. And she automatically... Her and uh, the young man who plays a Pablo, they automatically have this kind of shared experience and that he's the foreign person at his job and she's the white person at her, the white woman at mm-hmm. her job filled with men. And so they both have this kind of shared connection in the same way that uh, Tanya and Frank have a connection for their love of gardening and the earth, yeah. uh, which is really beautifully, beautifully told. So many layers. That's a great transition to talk about the gardens. And Tanya is the creator of these beautiful gardens. So it's, and it's not just the gardens. The set is uh, overwhelmingly beautiful. And I saw it when it wasn't finished, but you are actually, and because of the intimacy of the space, this is in the smaller theater squared space. Mm -hmm. So you literally feel as though you're in the backyard of these people. And and what we're seeing is they're the back of their townhomes on this established Washington DC street two-story beautiful yeah we talked about whether um because it is a very intimate space and how we wanted to handle that and I think from the beginning Rebecca the director uh Rebecca and I wanted to make sure that the audience felt like they were in there sitting with them and a big part of the design was the two buildings we really wanted to sort of overwhelm the space at the building Mm -hmm. so that you felt like you were inside of the space with them and there was almost nowhere to go um I think with the sort of the idea of the fence in the middle, it's, it's so much about how we share space and um, how new people coming in, uh, what, what are the rules of engagement when you're new and you're coming in and you want to share space and how to sort of have that conversation. And of course, the, I mean, it's, the nice part about this is that it's a comedy and mm-hmm. it's so fun. And I think the set really wanted, it, it's a, wanted to be part of the action. So every detail of it from where the houses are placed to um, the material we used for the garden beds was about sort of incorporating the action of the play with the kind of the beauty that it could be of mm-hmm. these gardens. And, and you, uh, even in walking in, you see you see the difference between the, the one house with its tidy, you know, very manicured lawn yes. and then the next house where the, the garden has not maybe been uh, manicured as much or, mm-hmm. or had as much attention paid to it. Yeah, we wanted to kind of give a nod to, I wanted, I didn't want it to feel too dilapidated. I wanted there to be sort of a romance even to when nature takes over mm-hmm. and this idea that nature will always win. Like if you leave a house alone, the wild gardens will grow. And it needs, I mean, the nice thing about uh, Tanya's character is that she wants to keep it natural and sort of manicure and say that there is a world in which we can have the beauty of nature and also this process of manicuring it and having it be beautiful so that you can kind of, um, you don't have to sacrifice right. uh, natural beauty uh, for sort of chemical Disneyland right. beauty. Right, <laughs> chemical Disneyland. <laughs> well, that's something we talked about when we how much the gardens could give different personalities. Yeah. And that was something Rebecca said from the beginning that was really fun, is how do we make it look almost like those Disneyland gardens? Yeah. That, like, that kind of candy color things 
You know, because in, in nature, when it's really brightly colored, it usually means it's toxic. Like the, oh, that's the frogs that are like really bright green because so you either like camouflage into nature or you're so bright that people know that that, that animal is venomous, right? right? So like we were kind of wanted it to play with that aesthetic of kind of Disneyland worlds on yeah. Frank's side. Yeah. yeah. Trust and, me, I live next door to one of those gardeners, and they are venomous. The manicure, yeah. the yeah. manicure <laughs> to really its are. death, tying yes. Well, and so, and that, yeah. and, and, and so your character's uh, idea is for a native garden mm-hmm. and, and to limit it to only the, the things that grow there naturally and that were there, you know, from the beginning of time on and to eradicate anything that, that didn't grow there naturally. Yeah, they, I think she, um, categorizes it as um, native versus foreign in the plants. Um, So I I did some research on some of the plants she talks about, um, and it's the way she picks the plants even is really smart in that Mm -hmm. um, you have some that on Frank's side that are colonizer plants and they're really hard (laughs) to get rid of and they just grow and take over. And then based on the other side with Tanya's garden are things that are kind of already there that you just kind of give bigger life to. Um, things that are native to the area that they live in because those are the plants that feed the bugs and the birds and kind of help the ecosystem mm-hmm. go on naturally as it should. So it's very different ways of thinking. You have a line in there where you talk about how it's going to bring more bugs, mm-hmm. and the neighbors are like, oh, great, that sounds <laughs> wonderful, more bugs, that's just what we want. Is either one of you a gardener, or did you have to start from ground zero to... I am not a gardener. <laughs> I'm, I am a uh, Tanya gardener, and that things grow in my yard, and I'm like, look, that's so pretty, yeah. and then I let it grow. <laughs> yes. So you um, must have had, it. that was a lot of research on your part. It was then. a lot of research. Yeah. I have succulents that I have learned how to keep alive, but it's taken me a few years in my little <laughs> studio garden. Uh, so there was a lot of research, but I do have to say, uh, being from California, we, you know, we had a we've been having a drought. I think they've said we're out of it, but kind of a drought yeah. for the last 10 years. Yeah. And the culture around that has really had to shift because especially Southern California, where I live, we have these very manicured lawns. And so we had to kind of ask ourselves, like, is it worth the water that it takes for those manicured sure. lawns? And so there's been kind of a movement in California of native gardening because you, need, you use less water. And it was just came out of pure necessity. Like, we don't have the water for this. And if you don't, switch up how you make your garden look it's it's actually going to look bad because it's they started putting regulations on how much water could be used for lawns right um, so a lot of people naturally switched over for the environment so it was kind of nice to, to read this play and feel like even though i'm a gardener i definitely understand the movement and the necessity of moving into yeah. native gardening it was a familiar concept to yes you, at least. yeah and this this is a dumb question, but I'm truly curious, where do you go to order this mass of artificial vegetation? <laughs> like, did you have to go to several different companies oh, all to over get the place. Real, Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we did, there's a decent amount of online shopping. We found a great silk flowers resource mm. to get those. Um, uh, do you, you mean the, the research or the, the product? I'm saying the actual product yeah, yeah, for both of the gardens. A lot of, uh, I think it's, uh, there were like four different places. Yeah, so you just like had to online, searching. going to different stores. There are funny uh, conversations that they have when they talk about the garden and uh, dressing it, and how oh, can we get more of those that are this color? And they they go on to say, oh, I think we bought the store out from that <laughs> yes, one. I think they're yeah, gone. They're yes, gone. We they're have gone. them all. Yes. 
I wonder if any of those places are like, hey, are you doing native gardens by any chance? Because they had other places call for them. Well, now Marissa has gone to an extra level in the <laughs> of commitment of commitment to the role, method acting, if you will. And I thought maybe you'd like to know about that, so maybe she'll tell us. <laughs> so I am expecting, just as Tanya is uh, in the play, Tanya is about uh, eight months pregnant. Uh, I, however, am not due until February, and so it's a nice mix of. There are moments where I'm supposed to feel the baby kicking, and I like that I'm able to actually know what that feels like um, in my own way. And so even when they add the extra padding, which as I get further along in my pregnancy and as we get further <laughs> along in the run, we might have they to lose away. the extra padding just because uh, it more. might look a little Eat ridiculous. Um, but I'm able to feel some of those things that uh, Tanya feels and um, it's, it's just a lot of fun being able to have that little bit of extra oomph. Um, I do sometimes forget how to like move around when I'm that pregnant because I am pregnant, but not that pregnant right. quite yet. Mm-hmm. And so I have to like remember, oh, I'm supposed to be further along. And so the movement is very different. Not, right now I'm still pretty nimble, mm-hmm. which is nice, yeah. <laughs> especially for a show like this. It's and very you've got nice. a five-year-old at home. That That's why she knows how these things feel. I do. Yes. He's wonderful. I've been missing him a lot lately, I'm sure. um, but he's very excited to get, he's going to get another little brother mm-hmm. and he can't wait. And he, uh, every day he's like, let me see your belly. And he asks to see it, uh, to see how big I am. Cause he's very, kind of blown away by the fact that I'm going to get really big before the baby comes out. He's like, you're going to get bigger and bigger. Um, He just loves that idea. And what's his name? Luca. Okay. So, Luca, we appreciate you letting mom come and do this. (laughs) We'll send her home as soon as we can. It's a pretty once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for an actress where the pregnancy actually benefits the performance. It was kismet. I know. Rebecca emailed me. She's like, hey, do you want to audition for this thing? And I was like, sure. Uh, The character's pregnant, right? Because I kind of know the show already. And she's like, yeah. I was like, well, funny thing is, so am I. Uh, Not as pregnant, but so am I. How does that work within the play? And it works out great. Yeah, that's perfect. If you're running as hard as they did in the last show, it's a good thing you're not that. Smaller space. (laughs) Yeah. Smaller space, but but a lot of dialogue. I mean, it's yes, a lot. Yes, a lot yes. of dialogue. Her words are very specific yes. for great reasons. Yeah, uh, they're very specific, and there's a lot of words. And some nights I'm so scared. I'm like, am I gonna remember all the lines to this show? I I, um, I had that thought while I was watching watching it because it and it's because there are four of you. It's very. It's like dancing. It's it is. Very, it, you know, you you really have to. The timing is so important and yeah but you is there pregnancy brain job. do you have pregnancy brain you know i like to say that maybe that's the reason it took me so long to memorize but it's just a lot of words <laughs> <laughs> you'd be fabulous the show is october 2nd through november 10th with matinees on saturday and sunday and 7:30 evening shows at the brand new gorgeous theater squared building and laura will have a story next week about the show. And I always like to mention Theater Squared's Lights Up um, for Access program uh, because they, uh, one of their missions is to make theater accessible to everyone in our Northwest Arkansas community. And they do that in three different ways. They have an under 30 program 
uh, where you can get tickets for $10, I believe, if you're if you're under 30. Um, they do a certain amount of those for every show, so call ahead for that. Uh, they also offer group discounts to nonprofit organizations who assist uh, low-income community members. And then they also offer tickets to families who qualify for federal SNAP assistance. So they offer tickets at, at for free for $5 and for $10 through those three programs. And I really encourage everyone to to access those programs um, to see the amazing theater that's happening at Theater Squared. Thank you all for being Thank here. Thank you so much, Thanks you guys. And I'm Becca Martin, and this is another What's Up podcast.